0: Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah, a guide through trauma, personal healing, growth, and discovery leading to the ultimate life of joy, mental wellness, and less fear. As a single mother, certified coach in transitional change and adventure, I will share my personal traumas and help you with steps to be free of whatever internal or external chains are keeping you from enjoying this life. My guests and I go beyond the typical conversation as they share their inspirational journeys, and every other week, I bring you my solo episodes where I highlight issues or ahas that I know you are going through too. From relationships, aspirations that have seemed impossible, motherhood, friendships, work, transitions, inertia, depression. My wish is this forum can help you through all of this and more. My mission is to create a supportive community and connection that empowers each one of you to love yourself and believe your right to live boldly. I am so excited to have on uh, Christy and Brian today. We're going to be doing a two-part on this episode. So everybody grab your journals. Uh, We're going to start with, this is exciting having the both of you at one time. We're going to start with your story as a couple and what you have been going through. And then we're going to excuse Brian, sweet Brian, who just made me laugh. And uh, we are going to have on Christy. And the reason why is because, like I was just talking with the both of you, we so often have a partner that is going through something that's extremely traumatizing and we sometimes forget that there's this other person that is the supporter, right. Is that is having to hold space for an awful lot of people within the family. And I know that was myself included. And I, If I could have found more people to talk to about that, it would have been extremely helpful for me. So thank you, Christy, for being that person for the people that are going through that right now and the future people that partners that will also be going through this. So thank you. And welcome to the Live Boldly with Sarah podcast. I'm excited to have the both of you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on.
0: It's exciting. I want to start with your story. Give us a little bit about uh, your story, the background and uh, what's gotten you to where you're at right now.
2: Do you, you go. want to take care of this? No, you go. <laughs> well, I'll, just, I'll start by saying, you know, Sarah, what what you said, I think it's sort of perfectly crystallized in uh, my and Christy's story, our story, because I, um, as your listener, we're going to find out, I was the patient, right? I was the patient. I was the one diagnosed. Uh, and so a lot of attention, deservedly so, was on me, you know, getting me better, getting me treated, getting me through the worst of treatment. But uh, what people don't realize, I think, is in a situation where there's a caretaker, a significant other, uh, like uh, Chrissy, for example, um, that person suffers just as much, if not more, silently alongside the patient you know the patient gets all the attention and they need it because they're the ones going through treatment like I said and all of the trauma but you know this there's as much trauma on the other side so I'm I'm looking forward to talking about this and for you to talk to Christy uh after I after I depart because it's a really important and yet underserved and underreported angle you know to a lot of these uh traumas not just medical but all sorts
0: yeah it's as my old therapist my former therapist stated to me when i asked her i don't understand what's happening to me right now because i'm not the one that's going through that recovery process of healing the body the mind the spirit and she said actually that's not true mm-hmm. you are just as much as if not more because you didn't know it was happening right so brian you you know your body was going through these these changes right which we're going to dive into and for me I didn't know what was happening. And she equated it to, you have this Mack truck that hits, you're in an accident and your entire family is in the accident. And all of a sudden, all these ambulances and everything comes and you may not be hurt. The other person, the driver, meaning you, for example, uh, Brian, you're hurt and they come and they take you away. And then the partner is sitting there with the children And you, that may not be physically hurt, but you're emotionally, mentally, spiritually traumatized by also not only watching your significant other go through this, this person that you love and everything else, the pieces that have to get put back together again. Mm -hmm. And there's no one there. And it's like, okay, well, who's going to be here for me now? So dive
2: into your story,
0: Brian, tell us, tell us a little bit about you and what happened.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll give the uh, top line. Here's how it works with me and Christy. I'll give you the top line, and uh, Christy will fill in the blanks uh, with all the wonderful details that everyone Perfect. craves. But the sweeping uh, overview is that uh, just two months before we were due to get married in uh, 2009, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor after um, a few months of like worsening symptoms, but symptoms that you could kind of write off as, Oh, you know, it's this or it's that, or, you know, I feel a little weird. Um, at the time, I was working for a morning radio show, which means I would think I would show up at 5 30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, my diet wasn't the best. My sleep wasn't the best. And so everything that was going on, whether it was numbness on my scalp or on my, you know, numbness on my, on my lips or whatever, was like, I'm not sleeping well. I'm not getting enough exercise. I'm eating, you know, in weird hours, all that stuff. And eventually, it became obvious that no, something something's up. I should get looked at. Fast forward to just two months before our wedding in two thousand nine, we get diagnosed with this brain. Tumor. I say we. now I got I diagnosed with a brain tumor, but it is, yeah. it is it is it is our lives. You know, it's our it's our partnership. It's our union. It's all those things. And uh, just when we should be launching, you know, into an into a new stratosphere of love and life, um, you know, this devastating. Uh, diagnosis comes through. At the time, the first doctor who diagnosed me uh, told me um, in these cases, my case uh, with a specific brain tumor, he says, you know, six months to a year is pretty much, you know, what you can look forward to uh, in terms of survival. And so that was obviously very jarring and shocking and devastating. Um, But, you know, I and we uh, made the decision more or less right away that we were going to fight and we're going to, you know, fight our hardest and do our best and explore every option and o- overturn every stone. And uh, it was a very long and difficult process. You know, you see me now 14 years later, probably, you know, looking okay. Uh, but it was it was not always like this. It was definitely, definitely ha- lows, uh, and thankfully highs as well over those ensuing uh, 14 years. Um, but, uh, you know, Christy was there. From when we were engaged in a crappy apart, well, your apartment was nice, honey, but it wasn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't a luxury apartment. Uh, until, and and now here we are, married, fourteen years, with a six and a half year old amazing daughter, uh, and uh, living in uh, just the most, you know, beautiful house full of love. Um, it's been an incredible journey. It's wow. it's
1: funny to hear him. So like we talk about this ourselves a lot, but we actually haven't been on a podcast or a radio show honestly in probably 12, 13 years. Like the Corolla show we came on and talked about this when he was first diagnosed and then he would go he was on the Adam Corolla show for many years and then we would have when something would go wrong, like the fans are very invested in our story and they're just incredible, we would pop back on with like a health update. Um, and that's when I would pop back on. So to hear kind of his perspective on it is really interesting because we haven't done this together, even though we live at every single day right. together. Um, the, the funny thing about like putting the the fine details on this is like, you know, the movie Inside Out, as Brian's talking, like I have very visceral core memories of every single moment that he's talking about. And so, you know, he he a bit nonchalantly says, you know, two months before our wedding. We were diagnosed and i was experiencing some symptoms he was experiencing symptoms from december on um, i'm trying not to bum out the audience (laughs) (laughs) our wedding was scheduled for july i'm the detail person or for june rather and so he didn't tell me that he was having symptoms until april um which was the i so it was 2009 it was the recession um he had just been laid off from his radio show because it was everybody was getting laid off and so I fit, to be been, fair,
2: the station flip formats. Yeah, it
1: wasn't just Brian. The station flip formats, cost savings, let's just put on some cool music, <clears> let's not <throat> employ hosts who aren't for a talk radio show. I was a marketing executive at an advertising agency, and one of my clients was a private jet company who I literally watched in real time fly to uh, DC to ask for more money. And I was like, this isn't going to end well for me. <laughs> Oh, so we yeah. both were laid off and the week I got laid off, we were like out to happy hour with friends, um, because everyone was laid off and we're like, we're getting married. We've got some savings. Let's just go party. And it was the night that we were out with our friends that he had like three beers and stood up from our friend's couch and just absolutely face planted
2: I, I, I think I had two beers. It, it was, it was tumor was yeah. exacerbating, uh, whatever, had two light beers. And, uh, it was uh, like a six pack.
1: Yeah. And he just went down and we went back to, to my not luxury apartment and he basically announced that I'm sick, but don't worry.
2: It was was our (laughs) not luxury apartment. It was
1: You had moved in. Well, but I'm, we're big on timing, big on all of the puzzle pieces fitting together. And when he announced I'm sick, he also said, but don't worry, I've already done the research and it's one of these five things. And the thing that it's definitely not is a, uh, is a brain tumor, but it could be a mini stroke. And so he's like, he like goes through this list of five things. And I'm like, five things means you've had time to think about this. So how long has this been? I was like, oh, you know, since December. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So then, you know, I, I jumped in immediately. I'm a fairly action-oriented person and, uh, and took the lead on like calling everyone that we knew. Like, luckily my family is, we're from LA. So we've got some some nice connections within LA to help us, you know, but we got in with a doctor that is is in Brian's book called Shrinkage, which you can talk all about too. Um, but we, we lovingly called this doctor, Dr. Doom because we had no idea it was cancer. Like he was misdiagnosed with MS first. Then we got to this, wow. this building in Santa Monica and they were like, go there. And we had never seen a scan, never seen anything. No one said the words cancer, no idea. They said the word glioma, but don't go home and look it up don't go home and look it up. You kids in the internet, just, you know, keep in mind, this was 14 years ago. And we we went home and looked it up and freaked out because it said average lifespan was 12 months. And we went to this, this clinic and walked in the door and it said cancer center on the door. So that's how we figured out it was cancer by reading the door. And it was across from Baja Cantina. So I remember watching people having, you know, margaritas and chips and salsa out the, out the window. And like, we were sitting here and just like, what, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is like, excuse my French.
0: No, it's totally fine. I get it. I get it. I remember the same thing. Anybody that goes, you remember that discovery, you remember that, like, you know, what you have the discovery, the moment of discovery of life. And then you have this complete disclosure of events that have happened prior to many of which we didn't know myself included that were happening. Right. Right. Then it's like, then you get all the facts. What led up to this? It's almost like looking back and reading the chapter prior to, even though you lived it, but you didn't know that the words were being written because you had no idea. Yeah. And so how are you still here? Let's just, I'm going to just ask the question. What the hell?
2: You mean like, how is Christy still in this relationship? (laughs) I don't think she's talking to me.
0: (laughs) This is how I operate with people. I go straight in. I mean, give us the jam. I mean, this is like, like this is give it to us. This is incredible.
2: So the uh, the the confluence of events that led to me still being here today to talk to you, Sarah, is um, so initially I, I I was doing so it's an, an operable tumor. The tumor is my brainstem, and they couldn't operate on it, which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, and so they decide, well, you know, the 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 treatment then is radiation and chemotherapy, very standard even today, but back then that was just what you did. Uh, to a tumor like that. So uh, radiation, chemotherapy, um, the radiation had really adverse effects. Like the tumor not only was growing and causing problems, but the radiation was causing swelling in my brainstem, which in a layman's terms, the only way I understand it, uh, it was choking off those vital um, nerves that control everything. My whole left side was paralyzed. Uh, I was on a walker for several weeks, if not months. Christy had to, you know, drive me everywhere, help me everywhere, you know, help me in the bathroom often, um, in the middle of the night kind of stuff. Pick them up and when you um, fell, like, you know, what's not that? good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> up regular falls, uh, which, you know, are when you can't recover are, are not uh, uh, great uh, on the system. Um, and so things were definitely dipping uh, in terms of uh, my, you know, health and uh, condition, and 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 when things got really bad, probably in like August mm-hmm. of 2009, a couple months after we were married, um, my doctor decided uh, he decided it was time to, in his words, you know, pull out the big guns. So the big gun at the time was a new drug that had just been just been approved on the market. I think maybe six months earlier, well, maybe even less. Um, May, yeah, May. Yeah, it was called uh, Avastin. And uh, it was a new drug used to treat um, breast cancer and colorectal cancer, but it works. It's not actually a chemotherapy, it's a blood vessel inhibitor. The idea being that it would stop cancer cells from forming new blood vessels to feed themselves, which they need to, su- to survive and grow. Uh, and um, the, the, the effect uh, was dramatic. Um, I, I, the turnaround was almost, it certainly wasn't immediate, but the um, improvement was immediate you know I started feeling better. Uh, my tumor you fast forward you know a month or whatever it was, uh, started to shrink, uh pretty dramatically it shrunk by about half uh, on the first scan we got and continued to um you know regress ever so slightly over the next 10 years wow. um so you yeah, know really turned things around for me it really saved my life uh, in mm-hmm. uh, in no uh, uncertain terms. Um, I ended up, going off of uh, the drug um in like 2018, 2019, when I had a small stroke. um And they, they think that maybe the a decade of using that drug might have had something to do with it. So they took me off of it in which, you know, short order, my tumor started growing again, albeit much more slowly, but, but we treated that with medication. And uh, it's just been, you know, just been a uh, a, a constant battle ever since, but uh, things are, things are trending in our favor. So um, that that brings us to today. Yeah, How did January,
1: you- January, 2020, when it started to come back. So right before the pandemic, we went from like, you know, straight into pandemic with homeschooling at three and a half year old at the time to, I was working like 14 hour days leading like a very large team at another agency. And Brian was taping podcasts while well, like six months on one chemotherapy, six months on another chemotherapy, another six months on another chemotherapy. And, and one or two of them almost killed him in December of 2021. Like he was down to 130 pounds. Um, he was unable to really move, do anything, complete brain fog. He had hand, foot and mouth, which for parents, we know exactly what that is, but it caused that internally in his esophageal track on his hands, on his feet, on his, you know, it was just, A disaster in every possible way while also being like locked down at home um but now we're three years from that point um and you've been off you've been still on Avast and you went back on it um but there's you know we're we're kind of we're facing a new a new battle coming up in the next few weeks but he is an absolute hero like he is my hero I don't understand how he does it just like he doesn't understand how I do what I need to do um but he's you know, so in love with our family and vice versa that we just
2: do this together.
0: What is your new battle coming up? um the, I
2: uh, I just I just got a uh, it's a long story, but I just got a, a very positive um uh, liver function uh test, a, a biopsy. It'll allow us to do a um uh, a brain biopsy that wasn't available to us many years mm-hmm. ago. They can do that now with my tumor, which. Fourteen years ago, wow. they wouldn't consider it. You know what I mean? They were like, "It's off the table. The risk is too high." Now they can do it, and with uh, minimal risk. And that will open up, uh, hopefully, a world of possibilities for treatment that, again, weren't available weren't available earlier this year, let alone fourteen years ago. So mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's uh, Christy's uh, dad um, had uh, heart uh, issues from from birth. Basically, he's still alive and out, out uh, outlived his prognosis. But you know, he told me very wisely years ago. He's like, you just gotta stay in the game, stay alive long enough for technology to get to a point where they can do things they couldn't do, and uh, that's it's kind of where we are.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. And then he'll go on some sort of targeted treatment based on what we find out from the brain biopsy. But the most wild thing about it is like we've essentially, you know, my brother said this to me yesterday. He's like, you've been essentially fighting this monster in a dark in the dark for 14 years. And now we're going to get a biopsy of, of this monster and we're going to know what it is. We're going to know, like the lights are going to come on and we're going to know what to call it, which is the most insane thing to me. It was since we've just been fighting this anonymous thing, you know, and and also kind of made peace with it. Like we're very big on gratitude and like, thank you. You served your purpose. You have taught us everything perspective. We have such a different perspective on life than honestly, pretty much anyone that we know. But we're gonna we're gonna know what other types of treatment will become available to us um, because it's just it's just not going it's not shrinking and it's not going away at the rate that the doctors are wanting. And if we weren't able to do the biopsy, we would essentially be kind of running out of options. But now with the new technology, we have a whole new set of uh, tools in our arsenal, if you will.
0: It's it, it, your the comment that you just made the statement that you just made. We have a very different perspective on life than most people. Mm-hmm. I want to dive into that for a moment because I I I hear that with my heart and soul. I mean, I do too. I have a very different perspective on life. And to see the both of you together going through this together and in, in this healthy, beautiful way. And I know that we have your ups and downs and we're going to dive into that is a true testament for all of us that have unfortunately not had that partner to be able to walk the journey with us the entire time. So Mm -hmm. I just, I want to commend the both of you on that because it's just, it's beautiful to see. It's absolutely beautiful to see. Are you looking to bring a little more happiness into your life or want to learn how to step outside your comfort zone? Guess what? Our digital downloadable programs are only $39 just for a limited time. Go grab Unstuck and Free, How to Live Outside Your Comfort Zone, filmed in the mountains of Southern California, Mount Baldy to be exact, my favorite mountain, or go grab Seven Steps to Happiness. This is filmed on the High Sierra Loop in Yosemite National Park. Incredible, incredible visuals. These programs will take you to that next step and rise you into living your best life. Use the coupon code LIVEBOLDLY at checkout, L-I-V-E-B-O-L-D-L-Y. Go grab them, sarahshiltoncrans.com, underneath more and digital programs. What is your perspective on life? I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Let's dive into that. And then there's something else that I want to bring up that I read recently about somebody going through something similar, Mm -hmm. and they chose to not stay together. And so I want to, I want to yeah. start with though, this, what is your perspective on life? If you could give it to your younger version of self two months prior to the couple that before they got married, what, what would you explain to this couple prior to you both getting married, the perspective of life that you were going to get walking through this journey?
2: Baby go. That's a hard question. I mean, all. I'll I'll circle around the question by saying, I don't know that I have like a, a quippy answer for that. I will say that things don't bother us that would bother normal people easily, you know what I mean? Like we, me especially, but that also could just be my you know resting heart rate uh, being a little lower than most people. You know, I don't get worked up at, at a lot of things. I never did, and especially not now, like if there's some drama, at school with our daughter or with a who knows with a friend or family uh, of ours is like i i'm uh, i i've got bigger fish to fry and i've uh, you know i've we, we we've crossed uh more heroin bridges so i'm not I, I don't get worked up over things like that um at the same time yeah i don't i don't know what, what it's funny cuz christy i think it was last night reminded me of of a uh it's a long story it's in our book our book. It's in, it's in my best album book. Uh, it's in the book about how um, she lost the diamond out of her engagement ring at the hospital while I was getting treatment one day. And you can only imagine how big Cedar uh-huh. Sinai hospital is. You know what I mean? And we don't know where this diamond is. And there's people everywhere. It's employee appreciation day. So there's hundreds of people milling about. Yeah. And, and uh, at one point, this stranger comes up to uh, Christy and like, are you 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 look like you're distressed? Is everything all right? And she's like, no, I lost my ring. Blah blah. blah. She's like, the woman says something to the effect of, I think I think you'll you fi- I think it'll be okay. I think you're gonna find your ring. And then she disappears. Some stranger, and you know, in the movie version of this, that, that's you know, that's that's Christy time traveling back, you know, to, to her herself in 2009. Or that's our daughter tri- time traveling back to 2009 to say like, this is our parents' lowest moment. I'd like to, you know, give them a hug uh, and explain that things are gonna be okay. And to answer your question, that 2009 version of ourselves, you know, we're so worried and and things were going so poorly at one point. I wish I could, you know, I wish I could give that 2009 Christie a hug and be like, it'll be okay. And I did do that at the time. Granted, I probably didn't seem that convincing. Uh, when I was uh, on, on a walker and uh, uh, not able to articulate myself super well, but I did tell, you know, it was a recurring thing in, in our relationship at the time. I was like, I'm going to be okay. We're going to beat this. I'm going to get better. And uh, maybe it seemed foolish and naive at the time, but uh, I really, I really believe that.
1: You you said since day one, literally like the joke would just, no matter how sick he was, like he was completely, I mean, you can still hear a little bit of like slur in his left side is still definitely weak. But like, he would he would be like, not paralyzed. It's not funny, but I guess what else can you do but laugh on the couch. Like I had to set up everything around him on his right side if I was leaving for like five minutes, literally with just to make sure he could survive getting whatever he needed. Um, and he would just be like, I'm going to be okay. I'm good. I'm just slurring it out of his mouth and just literally dying in front of my eyes. And like, I'm going to be okay. He never, ever, ever uh, went a different direction or said, why me? Or why is this happening? Or poor me or poor us, or this is... I'm going to be okay. And just went with it. I I think, you know, you mentioned in the beginning, what caregivers go through is so different. The way that Brian and I tend to equate it is like when he was radiated or when he's in the fog of chemotherapy and he is battling physically to literally put every single ounce of his strength to stay alive. Like, and that is not a dramatized statement. I'm as, I'm as clear as can be. So he has the, the, I don't want to say the benefit, but he has the benefit of being kind of out of it. And he's in a very acute battle of his own. I have the 30,000 foot view of every single thing going on in our lives. Not just watching him, not just watching our daughter, not just dealing with my own anxiety and trauma and pain and friends, all of that stuff. But if I could go back and give... The, you know, the 2009 me version of advice, which I do now to the 2023 version of when my anxiety spikes, which it, it does a lot. I, I said this to my mother-in-law a while ago. I was like, if I look backwards, the moments where literally everything seemed like they were going to fall apart. Like there was a moment where he was, he exhausted his Cobra insurance and then got on a high risk um, MRMIP insurance that only had $75,000 worth of coverage. And each of his um, Avastin treatments were like $50,000 and they were every other week. So we ran out of coverage within a month. Then I literally got a job and we were both out of work for like a year and a half because I was primary caregiver and he was very ill. Within three days of running out of the MRMIP, I got a new job. And this job, like it's the woman who hired me is still one of my best friends. That job led to The other jobs that were like some of the best things in my career, in my life, the best relationships, the best contacts, best connections, best support systems that I've ever had. In addition to our wonderful longtime friends, but the puzzle pieces, if you look backwards, they always fit. They They always always fall exactly where they're supposed to fall. That doesn't mean I don't panic. Like I'm, I'm having a lot of anxiety right now around his brain biopsy. It's amazing. It's, it's, I mean, honestly, it's incredible. But holy shit, my husband's going in for a brain biopsy. And there's a lot of risks involved with that too. And there's a recovery involved with that. And then there's getting through that. And then there's a question around what's next. And is it targeted? Is it immunotherapy? I don't know. So before I let myself go down a rabbit hole, which I can do very easily with the trauma I've experienced, I'm sure Sarah, you do too. I remind myself like, hey, deep breath, puzzle pieces, they're going to click. And also- look at the, like, look at the love that you have. Like our relationship is so strong. Our family, we go with the little three of us. We're so dumb. We go everywhere together. We're this little like loving unit. It's so ridiculous. Like the cancer in our relationship is literally cancer. Like we don't fight. We don't scream at each other. We don't lie to each other. We don't hide things from each other. Like we have a beautiful relationship. We just happen to be battling this other thing
0: there's a few things that I want to touch on. Number one, do you believe that you would be this strong as a unit? Had you not gone through this?
2: Um, I like yes, to in think a different that way. yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like the yes a way. In, 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 yeah. uh, in a less acute way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we have the benefit. I, I've said many times about many things like, you know, I, I, there was, I was at work one day, I was in the studio doing the product, doing the podcast, there was a, a, a service vehicle there, like working on the I don't know the internet or the phones or something, and uh, the guy driving this uh, van backed into my car, and and uh, they came in the, you know, the break and the and the in uh, the show they're like Brian Brian someone you know got backed into your car uh, you know he's so sorry blah blah and I just I kind of I, I literally was like this was 2011 or whatever it was and I'm like yeah not the worst thing that happened to me in the last couple of years. And our guest, Hilary Miller, the comedian, thought that was so funny and so uh, well adjusted. I'm like, what are you gonna do, man? I just beat brain cancer. I don't give a, don't give a rat's ass. I'm back into my car. He's like, the insurance. will pay for it. It's like inconvenience, but I don't care. Um, right. And so, you know, it's uh, to your point, yeah, I'd like to think that just the who we are, um, you know, would would give us the strength to you know fight through whatever you know came our way, but certainly benefited in a weird way from going through this experience.
0: Well, well well-adjusted is a really good way of putting it. The reason why I'm asking is because I know for myself, I have this, this belief that everything is happening for me, not to me. Exactly. There's this learning that's happening, this growing, this pulling back of the layers. And it's this deeper appreciation for living because of the things, the experiences that I've had to walk through right? Including, I mean, the loss of my mom this last year. I just, it's so, it's different. Like life is hard, right? There's, you're going to have the hard moments. You're going to have the trauma. You're going to go through those times that are very, very difficult. And there's this understanding now for myself coming, I'm 10 years out. So I'm coming out 10 years. 2013 was the second major trauma in my life. And I will say that now that I look back, at this 10 year mark, turning 50 this year, I'm like, damn girl. Mm -hmm. Like there's a pride that I didn't have prior to this pride for my, literally like I'm walking in pride that I I'm here and I survived that. And not only did I survive that, but I'm thriving as a woman because of it, despite that moment that you had too, that both of you had, that discovery moment of, oh my God, what are, where are we? How did we get here? Mm-hmm. And why aren't we just across the street eating chips and dip and drinking margaritas?
1: Mm-hmm. Like what the mm-hmm. hell? Can I and ask you a question you- too mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. Like, the So it's funny, like the, there's pros and cons to the chips and dip situation. It's like amazing, but like people don't know how good they have it until something yes. goes wrong, right? Like they just but, don't. Or
0: how strong they are. Like right. there's another piece to this. It's like, yeah. not only good at how good that they have it, but and there's this like you're so freaking fucking strong. Like yeah. I'm just gonna call it like you are as humans, we literally every single one of us have this ability to find this inner strength mm-hmm. that we had no idea that we yeah. that we
2: had. So, when we Sarah, are, are you, Let, me, let me interrupt real quick, just say as a footnote, uh I, you're hundred percent right. I often hope. People never have to figure out how strong they are. Yes, so that, you know what I mean. That means they're going through something extraordinary. But please finish your thought.
0: Yes, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I would never wish on anybody what I have had to go through, and I also take it as one of the biggest gifts for me yes. to become who I am.
1: Well, it's the gift. It's right. The, like it's. Yeah. I, I also believe this is the journey that we chose for ourselves before we came here. Like this is what our soul wants experience. Like I'm wildly, you're weird. kicking ass.
0: I just want to tell the both of you, you're kicking ass and taking names. So congratulations. Thank you. You're you talking for to you. Showing huh? the world. So no, congratulations both of us. The, both, both of you.
2: Go ahead, baby. I was. I often say, you know, cancer is the, you know, the, it's a cliche, but I've adopted it as my own. It's the best and worst thing to happen to us. It's the worst for obvious reasons, but at the same time. I never would have written a, a book, let alone a New York Times bestseller. I never, you know, I've been given the opportunity to speak at conferences and to, you know, employees of of, of incredible organizations and companies. I wouldn't have been afforded those opportunities, most likely, without you know what I've gone through. So, yeah, you know, it's and and been able to raise money for for cancer charities. Like, I don't, I don't think I would have been in that position without this. So it's unlocked many doors and opportunities that um, otherwise I don't believe would have even been possible for me or us
1: it's funny to hear you even say that because those are things that we just like take for granted that we just have done you know yeah. but like even in my career which is which ostensibly should be separate from this it, it's not and I've always brought my full self into my career and the teams that I've led and I've worked I've worked really hard in my career in marketing and advertising to get really senior level and the teams that I have led, like particularly during the t- pandemic, if I did not have this perspective and the, to be well adjusted and to stay calm in really critically awful situations, I wouldn't have, like my mom reminded me the other day, which is interesting. She's like, you got people through miscarriages. You got people through family members dying. You got people through layoffs. You got people through the, the hardest moments of their life. And you have no idea what that means to them. Yeah, like you, you brought people together, and I've done this everywhere that I've gone because of this experience that we've had. But the thing I was going to ask you, Sarah, like not to derail, but just, no, do you? I life. find I have a hard time, um, with small talk. Like I have oh. a hard time with people who don't, who, and I don't want to say like, oh, can only talk to people who had really fucked up shit happen in their life. But like, I, I've even like kind of moved away from some friendships that I've had from a really yeah. long time if they can't get to a deep level, cause like, I don't give a shit about the surface level stuff. Not I either. don't have time for it. Like, me tell either. me how you are. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me how you like, who, how are you at your core? And like, let's dive into it and help each other. But I like almost have this like social issue with people who are just want to like chat, like high level bullshit. I can't do it. Like, I, I can't, literally can't do it.
0: I, I can't do it either. And you're touching on some, that's the gift for me. That's the gift of, what I've walked through. I know for myself too, what I've realized is that we're here for only a finite amount of time and we don't know how long that is. And mm-hmm. my choice is to live it as I want to and choose to. And so it's experiences over things. That's the other thing. I, yeah. I don't you know, material items don't give a shit. I you know
2: this This might be more specific to you two. Um, the, the high EQ, I know Christy's very high EQ um, or it might be a guy versus a girl thing. I love the the small talk. Uh, Let's after after living this and going through it and talking about it all the time, which I'm happy to do. uh, Let's just talk about fantasy football. Let's just talk about (laughs) movies. You know what I mean? Like I I I love the uh, the 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 casual uh, small talk. Not that I'm not down for a good deep conversation now and again, but uh, I feel like I live it. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, no, I
0: get that too. I
2: totally understand. Um, There's value in the uh, there's value in the casual. It's also the difference
1: between the patient and the caregiver, because the caregiver is also in such a lonely position sometimes, but when you find other people that you can really connect with, who can understand you without, because you don't have the energy to explain to everybody all the time what's going on. And when you find someone who empathically understands you, wants to get into that with you and wants to hold space for you and vice versa, there's nothing. I like some, some people have surprised me in the most incredible ways. And some people have surprised me in the opposite way. And that's okay. We're just all on different journeys, but like, yeah, it is funny. Brands. like, I don't want to talk about it.
2: <laughs> no, but you're, you're, you are right though, Chrissy. Like um, I'm, uh, I don't know if uh, Sarah, if you're aware of Chrissy mentioned it at some point in the background, but um, I'm making uh, a documentary about young adult cancer uh, mm-hmm. of specifically humor and cancer. But I've talked to a lot of survivors uh, of who were young adults when they were diagnosed uh, and it, it's such a um it's so nice to just have that shared background you know what I mean it's yeah. almost like meeting someone and be able be able to start on second base you know what I mean not sexually but you know what I'm saying like <laughs> you're like you're well maybe sexually who knows but you're not. like you're, you're ahead of the you're ahead of the game you know you already got this uh this uh, base level of understanding of shared experience of whatever it is and so you could pick up uh maybe as opposed to If I was to explain, you know, what I explained to you, which I enjoyed every single time I met someone, that would be taxing. Yeah.
0: Yes. I think that's what I mean too, when I'm talking about the deep conversation, right? It's like, I want to be able to share my experience with that person and have them to have had something similar so that they know how to hold space for that. Brian, is there anything else that you would like to leave with us prior to us gently and beautifully excusing you so that we can have some girl time?
2: (laughs) I don't know. You'd think that I would have more wisdom given all of my experience, but I really don't. Uh, I outsource my wisdom to Christy. Uh, so you're uh, you're in for, I'm sure, a good uh, second half. But um, no, thanks for having me on. I love sharing my story, our story. And um, if people want to reach out, you know, you can find us uh, on social media, Instagram or whatever. We're very, we're very accessible. Um, you know, the book that uh, I wrote, I wrote as, I was just talking about this with someone like. The idea was I was just making it for our fans, you know, for our listeners, you know, to give them a laugh or to, um, you know, see what went on behind the scenes for that first year that we were fighting so hard, uh, you know, with the with the the cancer battle, and it ended up really surprising me and I think us because people really have found it helpful. People, yeah, you know, t- you know, tweet me or email me all the time, like, oh. My dad was just diagnosed with this. I gave him a copy of your book, my best friend. You know, I didn't know what to do. So I gave a copy of your book. And um, Christy's in there. She wrote uh, a few things. And if you listen to the audiobook, she reads her parts. So uh, if it's something that is uh, appealing to you, or you think someone in your life might be able to uh, enjoy it or benefit from it, uh, check it out. It's called Shrinkage. And uh, at this point, you know, I'm not getting any uh, any any sales royalties from it. So I just want people to enjoy and uh, and maybe it'll help them out at a tough time in their lives. If and they're like- looking for
1: hope or inspiration, this like read it. And if you laugh. You do, you,
0: you do know that the three words that were dropped into me, I'm a pretty faith-filled person too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was on the ocean going through my paddling on the ocean, going through my trauma recovery, I literally looked up to God and said, "If you'd give me three words to work through this, what would they be?" And truth, inspiration, and hope were the words that came through me. I love good. that. Yeah, so, wonderful.
2: There you go. Oh, on, that oh, note,
0: on that note, down. it's been great to meet
2: you. Thank well, we have you. A pleasure meeting me you as well. I'm glad I can make you laugh. Let's go we on the date.
0: Definitely be. <laughs> <laughs> we will
2: with definitely... with Christy, obviously. <laughs> with Christy, of
1: course. <laughs> I'll I'll see you you in the living room, honey.
0: (laughs) Hey, if you know any single men, I'm just
2: (laughs) if they're still single, the ones I know, you don't want nothing to do with them.
0: I'm just totally joking. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Joking, not joking. Joking, not joking. Thank you, Brian. See ya. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you to you both. And I look forward to part two of me and Christy on August 30th. Thank you for listening to the Live Boldly Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm grateful to have you here. I believe in you. I believe in us and always will. Life can get hard, but I promise you on the other side, it's glorious. I'd love to invite you over to sarahschultenkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to thriver. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great day.